Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now for May 6th at Wayfair.com. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows that the future ain't what it used to be. He is the captain. And the colonel ain't what he used to be either. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight, we are drinking Cherry Limeade Slush by Wiley Roots Brewing Company, garage grade four out of five bottle caps. Look, it's hot outside. We're going to try something nice, cold, sweet, and delicious. Check out Cherry Limeade Slush by Wiley Roots Brewing Company. And this great thing was brought to us by, first up, our friend Andrea in Leander, Texas. A big we like you, Jib, to Natalie and Taylor in Seattle. And a long distance cheers to Michelle in Leicestershire, England. And a big cheers to Katie in Dallas, Texas. All right, and a high five to Leah from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And last but not least, cheers to Bailey from Hanover, Maryland. Thanks, everybody, for going to the website and supporting the show. If you want to check out our website or help us out, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And that's enough of the business. That's right, Captain. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Twenty-year-old University of Iowa college student Molly Tibbetts went missing. It's believed, Captain, either on July 18th or maybe even the 19th. We are still at this time a little confused about when she did, in fact, go missing. Now, we wanted to cover this case this week to shine a light on her disappearance, to generate some leads and further the investigation and hopefully bring Molly home. 
just within the last two hours, we received breaking news on this case. And depending on which reports you check, we have some reports stating that Molly's body has been found in a rural area near uh, this location. And the other reports state that a body has been found and it is yet to be identified. What we do know is this, that during this investigation, law enforcement has been very tight lipped about what they know and what they were looking into. We do know that we should be hearing more information later today. All reports that I could find, depending on whether it is in fact her body or not, states that there will be a uh, a press conference later today. Depending yeah, five o'clock, I believe. Depending on what part of the country you're in, um, but we should get more information later today. All along, during the course of this disappearance, there have been different theories about what could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I just want to start off with you know we might get sidetracked and go to into some other things, but I really want to focus in on what the three main prevailing theories were amongst the media and the public during the course of her disappearance. The first, and this is one that we always have to discuss when when somebody has just not been found, is that Molly ran off either alone or with someone else that she simply chose to run away or leave her life. Now, that theory, you and I agreed, as well as the family and a lot of people close to Molly, everybody really believed that that is by far the least likely of the three prevailing theories. And with the information that's coming out today, I think that it even points more so to that. It's still a tiny little possibility, but it was unlikely to begin with. And now with the news we have today seems even more, more unlikely. Also seems with finding her body almost raises more questions than gives us any answers. The other theory that was a popular one was that Molly was abducted while on her run. And then, of course, the other theory that she might have been abducted from the home in which she was staying. So maybe after her run. Let's get into the the jogging theory first, okay? This could be by opportunity. Someone saw her and grabbed her. It could be someone who knew her, knew her patterns, and had planned out an attack on her. Or it could just be some random person that happened to spot her out on that run. Uh, Yeah. And Brooklyn, Iowa is only three miles off of interstate 80, which is highly traveled. Didn't we mention interstate 80 when we covered, um, the Lane Bryant shootings? I I believe so. And, and yeah, it changes interstates and, and, you know, numbers route numbers from time to time. But I was looking at it on a map and it pretty much, spans the, the the vast majority of the United States. Yeah, and the, the tricky thing here is it's only a few, maybe an hour or so either direction, you're going to hit major cities. Okay. And so under this theory, under the Molly was abducted while on her run theory, Captain, what makes this theory likely are the following. So Molly's Fitbit, iPhone, and iPhone holster and earbuds seem to all be missing. Yes. Now, we believe, although this has not been confirmed by law enforcement, that her running clothes and shoes are not in the house where she was staying that day. Mm -hmm. No one had any confirmed contact with her after the general time of when she should have been out running. 
Let's talk about the home where she was staying. It was a four-bedroom home. Uh, Dalton said that they never locked the doors. He said that when Molly was house-sitting, she would have not locked the doors even at night. Mm -hmm. He said she would have instead slept with the dogs in the bed with her. Molly's mother agreed with this statement. We do know that when police arrived, the house was found to be unlocked and there was no reported sign of forced entry of any kind or any type of break-in. Several items belonging to Molly were found where we should expect to find them. Right. They found her laptop. They found her wallet with license and debit card. They found her brand new passport. She was planning a trip. Remember, we have Dalton, her boyfriend Dalton. Mm-hmm. His brother's getting married yeah. to his fiance. They were going to go out of the country for this wedding. So she had a new passport for this trip. Also, her glasses were found and some contact lenses were found as well. So these are items that, you know, seem like would have been, you know, might've been taken with her if she was taken from the home rather than out on the jog. The only items that we can believe that are missing other than Molly were the items that she would have had with her while she was out jogging. Yeah. And then the other theory is that Molly was taken while she was in the house dog sitting. Well, we just went through what we know about while she was out jogging. Let's go through what could point to her having been abducted from the home or what may not point to that. And we'll kind of open it up to discussions then. So it does not appear that the house was treated as a crime scene. And what I mean by that is there's no reports or couldn't find any information regarding the crime scene tape was even put up. And we do know that the occupants, Dalton, Blake, and Amy were all allowed back into the house fairly quickly. The law enforcement stated no signs of forced entry or a struggle. Yeah, but there's not going to be any sign of forced entry if you leave the doors unlocked. There is some evidence to back up this theory, though. So that would be that, you know, she returned to the house after her run and then disappeared. This theory is popular for two reasons. One, we know that Molly's boyfriend, Dalton, opened up a Snapchat for Molly at 10 p.m. The picture was a selfie of Molly, and she appeared to be indoors, possibly, he said, in his home. Right. Now, we have no idea when she actually sent the snap. Police believe it was sent that day. Snapchat has been working with law enforcement, so they're working to clear that up. Police would very much like to view the snap, as we stated before, but for obvious reasons, it would show potentially where Molly was at the time of of that time of night. Right. And there was some text on that snap. Dalton could not recall what the caption said. Now, evidence for the post-run abduction theory also is that at some point over the course of the investigation, some people talked to the media who said that investigators told them there was reason to think Molly had been home at Dalton's house that night working on her computer. Mm -hmm. Specifically, that was the neighbor of the Jacks, David Cullum. Yeah, and supposedly there's some Google searches. Correct. Lori Calderwood, Molly's mom, told the Des Moines Register that she had received a call from an agent who was trying to discern specifically whether Molly had been, quote, in a home at 9.45 p.m. on July 18th. So those are some things that point to the possibility that she had returned to the home. Now, we have Blake Jack, Dalton's brother, 
said he he echoed what we heard before that there was no sign of any kind of struggle or disruption inside of his home. Blake also said that they were told there is no way to tell whether Molly had returned home after the run, but is that really true? We have to question that. Surely if Molly had returned to the house, she would have let the dogs out of the basement, maybe fixed something to eat, did some work on the computer and got ready for bed. You would think that if she had returned and been there for a while, that there would be evidence at the home to suggest that she had returned home unless she arrived back at the house after her run and someone was waiting for her. Since all of her running stuff all seems to be missing, it appears to me likely that she was still wearing it when she vanished. And I saw a lot of reports about this black SUV. Yeah, well, this kind of ties into another thing. There were reports coming out that a black SUV was seen driving around town in the middle of the night on the 18th. Mm -hmm. This received a national level of attention. The story seems to be true. Uh, and then later we would learn that it was in fact true. Now let's move on to this real quick and you'll understand here why in a minute, but the true value hardware store in town was vandalized or broken into on the night of the 18th. This was also widely reported. And do they know what was taken? Well, this turns out to be true as well, but what ended up happening in the long run, because some people had speculated maybe items were stolen from the hardware store that were used to abduct Molly. Yeah, that would make sense. Or to break into the home. Mm -hmm. The thing here is, though, Captain, what we would later learn, and sometimes it takes days, it takes a while for these items to trickle down and the proper information to get out. The black SUV seen driving around the middle of the night, it happened. The true value hardware store broken into or vandalized, it happened. Mm -hmm. We later learned that it was just straight up vandalism. It doesn't appear that anybody entered the store, that okay. they vandalized the outside of the store. Yeah, now, but back to this black SUV, I mean, because there was reports, uh, I believe it was like 480 miles roughly away from Brooklyn, Iowa, where they saw this black SUV. I want to claim that it was like a couple weeks prior where there was a uh, jogger on a road and there's actually uh, surveillance footage of this where the blackest, uh, so it looks more like a van to me than an SUV, mm -hmm. but it pulls up next to the jogger. It says something to her, tries to grab her maybe, and she took off running, and then she called the cops, and then they had this video. So once this Molly, you know, Molly went missing, this um, law enforcement department sent this information to, to law enforcement up in Brooklyn, Iowa. Well, the... The black SUV that is in question here regarding Brooklyn, Iowa, it's tied into this True Value hardware store because we know who the black SUV belonged to. The True Value hardware store vandalism was called in by a bartender who was leaving work and got off that, that night, okay. saw the vandalism go down, called in the report to police. Well, the bartender owned the black SUV. And after having called in that information to police, okay. they drove around town looking for who they thought they had seen vandalizing the store. That report that I heard from 400 and some miles away, I thought that was somewhat of a stretch. I mean, that's a pretty far distance. Right, right. But we have heard of situations where individuals decide to drive cross country mm -hmm. um, and and commit these types of horrible acts against people. But that shows that in this case that there's a lot of 
there's a lot of eyeballs on the case and there's a lot of different departments trying anything even if they're 500 miles away they're still trying to help the molly Tibbetts case this shows the effort you're exactly yes. right this shows the effort that was made by everyone to try to find her now we have some fbi profilers that have came out and they speculated that they believe she was taken on the jog she was abducted on her jog but by somebody that she would have known like mm-hmm. that maybe she would have been willing to get into a vehicle with somebody. Now, it might not be like somebody very close, but somebody that she would actually recognize. Okay, so I think this is a situation where we've talked about this several times. When you're an FBI profiler, you take information that you can find regarding the known facts of the case, mm-hmm. things regarding information about your victim, And then you have to kind of play the percentages. It's like you're playing poker. You have to say, all right, it's more likely that this happened. And I state that because of this. Now, that doesn't mean that something else didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't scratch anything off of the list of what could have happened. But what I think and why I think they would come up with this information here and state this is for one simple fact. It very likely, if she was abducted during the course of that jog, it would have still been light outside. And we don't seem to have any reports of somebody saying, hey, I saw a fight go down between some guy that jumped out of a pickup truck and a girl that was jogging. They get into a fight, and next thing I know, the truck is gone and she's gone. We don't have any statement of that. Now, I've looked at the suspected routes that she would have been jogging on that day. Now, not only do we believe that some portions of that route or some portions of those routes would have had surveillance cameras that police could later receive that information, view that footage, but these are also areas where I would have expected people to possibly see her. We do have those witnesses or at least three individuals that believe that they saw her out jogging that night or someone they believe to be her. So again, I think they're playing the percentages of it was still daylight out. We don't really seem to have any information that she returned to the home or any evidence of such. And therefore, if there was no scuffle, if there was no um, struggle, then she willingly got into a vehicle with somebody. Now, given her what they know about her, she wouldn't have done that with a stranger. She wouldn't have just got into some guy, random guy's vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's tricky. That's tough. I yeah, believe but, what but, they're saying. But Go ahead. Possibly. But I think the problem here is you don't know what you would do uh, faced with different situations. Oh, hand-to-hand combat fight. Would, would Molly put up a fight? Guarantee it. That's what her whole family said. That's what her boyfriend said. That's what her brother said. They said they would that she would fight them, you know, and so she was this tough, you know, tough individual. Now, put a put a knife in the perpetrator's hand, put a gun in the perpetrator's hand. It could change things, mm-hmm. and you might not be willing to get in a car with somebody you don't know, but if they got a gun pointed at you, you might be willing to do so. Yeah, and now, and I'd argue, and and this. I was talking to a local detective here and he was saying that if if you're faced with that situation, that once you get in the car, 
your chances of surviving are slimmer. Slimmer. They're they're very low. Yeah, your chances are extremely low at that point. So you do everything you can not to get in. Not to get in the car. And if somebody has a gun, that you know, even if they're somewhat close, make them shoot you out in the open. You have a better chance Mm -hmm. of just taking off running and zigzagging and just doing your best to try not to get hit. You have a better chance of staying alive doing that, and that that's coming from a, a detective that worked um, cases like this for twenty some years. So, w- if you find yourself in these situations, and one one of the things that the true crime community needs to do a better job of is to say, "Hey, when you go running, carry a knife, carry carry mace. Make sure that you have, you know, Molly had her Fitbit tracker on her. That's going to leave evidence. Having her phone on her is going to leave evidence." You know, but if if she would have had pepper spray or a knife, or if she would have known that, hey, if somebody's going to try to abduct you with a, a gun, you 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 have better chances of staying alive if you just take off running. Well, the the profiler stating that we believe it was somebody that she knew, that's also kind of loosey goosey too, in a sense that she may not have willingly got into the vehicle, even if it was somebody that she knew. Right. But that also, if 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 they know her, that allows them the opportunity to approach her without causing a, an alarm, an immediate alarm from her, an immediate reaction that they don't want from her. And it actually goes against what we've already reported on here in the garage. You know, we talked about the the case that we covered, the murdered joggers. We had two women that mm-hmm. were out on similar situations, jogging, exercising, and in both instances, they were abducted and killed by somebody that they didn't know, that, by somebody that did not know them. Now, we have two completely different situations within those stories themselves. One, it seems that the the one individual that she was out running and very likely attacked from behind and then killed there. And then we have another situation where the woman was out running and the guy pretended to have a vehicle that had broken down and probably asked her for help or at least enough to draw her in and draw her close so that he abducted her and got her in his vehicle. So it's a difficult situation to really try to pull the pieces apart and try to figure out what's going on and what likely happened here. Well, the creepiest thing that I've heard is that law enforcement believes that the person responsible for Molly going missing and, and now Molly's death was involved in the searches for Molly and also was at the candlelight vigil. Well, that would go along with a lot of FBI theories regarding that the the perpetrator knew her, that they had that they knew each other somehow. Mm-hmm. It could be very loose how they knew each other. Maybe it was um a neighbor or second cousin or somebody that happened to well, work well, at a store somewhere. Well, hold on this. I mean, this, this case has, has been strange for us to cover, but we're going to go to a quick break because we're getting some new information. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. 
it is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved 
and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Cheers, Captain. Well, and I tell you what, this thing has been very difficult to cover, and we keep getting breaking news as early as this morning and throughout today. None of it has been good news. Everybody wanted Molly to come home safe and sound. Maybe there was just some misunderstanding. It now looks like they have found Molly, and we're as we get closer to that press conference that will happen later today, it seems more and more likely that that is the body of Molly Tibbetts. The information that we just see- recently received is that the body that has been found was possibly found on or near the pig farm that we have discussed mm-hmm. on this show and that has been discussed on other shows as well. The strange thing regarding where the body was found is that it, it sounds like there might be an individual that has been arrested that might be, have already taken into custody and it's not the, the man who's been referred to as the pig farmer, but in fact, a neighbor of her boyfriends of somebody that lived close to the Jack house. Uh, and this was Nate Hopwood is and and I want to be clear here until we have this press conference later today, the things that we've reported on this show regarding who was found, where the body was found and who has been taken into custody. This is all unconfirmed. You know, we, and yesterday in in the show earlier today, we stated that, you know, when we cover these cases that are fresh, that there is a lot of misinformation coming out. And I don't want, I want to make sure that we're not part of misinformation. This is what we are hearing. This is what we are seeing now, but to be absolutely clear until we have this press conference, this is just things that are, more or less rumored to be going on. We we should be very clear about that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, again, to this has never happened with us. I mean, we normally cover cases that are older cases, but again, so many emails of listeners saying, hey, cover this case and shine some light on it. You know, it's your responsibility to um, the true crime community to do so. And so that's why we took this on. 
and then to wake up and on the way to the garage to record to get text messages saying that Molly has been found. That's, I mean, uh, I mean, I've been choked up all day about it, but, and now as we're recording it to be getting text messages from friends and a good buddy of mine, Morgan, that is checking the news constantly for us and to send, I mean, the first thing he sends is, um, it looks like she was found on or near the pig farm. And then instantly you, you go to the idea of this guy was questioned five times. This guy wouldn't take a polygraph. This guy then takes a polygraph. We don't know if he passed it or not. Mm-hmm. And then the next text message is this, this Nate Hopwood, which is one of the neighbors. He's and, not the, to be clear, he's not the pig farmer. Right. Um, Okay, well, let's touch upon what you were talking about earlier, that the FBI or local law enforcement suspect that the individual responsible for her abduction and death was probably somebody that participated in searches for Molly while she was still missing. Yeah. Somebody that may have even participated in a candlelight vigil or any of the uh, ceremonies that you have when you're looking for somebody. That's That seems very likely. For, for many reasons here, Captain. And this is something that the FBI will usually tell local law enforcement to keep an eye on. You know, if you have, if you have to conduct a funeral for somebody, then you should put some agents or some undercover officers there and see who shows up to the funeral. And like the FBI said, they had suspicions. Their profilers, former profilers, stated that they believed it was somebody that knew Molly, that knew her somehow. So what does that mean? Well, that means that a person that knew her somehow, even if they lived together in the same community, but didn't know each other directly, then that is somebody that you would expect to be involved in those searches. Somebody you would expect to be at the candlelight vigil. And the thing here is that's something that the guilty party does, that the suspect does because they go, look, I couldn't, I couldn't have done anything wrong here. I couldn't have killed her. I'm out here searching like the rest of you, like all of the other good people, like the actual good people. He's not a good person, but like the actual good people, I'm out here searching and looking for her. Also, I'm here in memory of her. I'm here. Someone celebrating her life and celebrating the hopes and thoughts that she may return, that we may find her. So, it's somebody that would have it's a real piece of shit. Well, know. it's somebody that would have fit into both of those scenarios. Somebody that would not have seemed to be out of place at either of those scenarios. The other thing, and we've discussed this plenty of times here, mm-hmm. the reason why the perpetrators do this is for one. It could be for, for uh, disgusting method or disgusting reasons that I don't care to get into. Right. I don't want to try to get into the mind of this individual and play around in there for too long. But the other thing is the simple fact of just to, it's a way for them to keep an eye on the investigation to kind of know what's going on. Well, and is it fair to say, or is it fair to speculate? I mean, that this pig farmer or this ex pig farmer or whatever, he's probably not going to the searches. He's probably not going to any services for, for Molly. Right. I agree with that. He doesn't even seem to want to talk to police that much. It seemed like he was willing in, at the start. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, I heard you got this thing going on. I'll answer a few questions. But when they come back time and time and time again is when you say, hey, these people are wasting my time. Yeah, yeah. 
And well, okay, so he's he's not coming around. So I don't know. It's well. Let me get so, into this. Well, so to me, if 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 this pig farmer's not involved and it's fa- and she's found on the on the pig farm or near or near, then if this individual, if this neighbor is responsible, that that person is watching the case, they know that this guy's under suspicion. And then they take that body and they move it to uh, the farm, mm-hmm. therefore raising more suspicion. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this for a little bit. And I think it's very smart that law enforcement came out and th- and make the announcement publicly that it was very possible somebody that knew Molly or possibly somebody that came in contact with her that harmed her. Right. Okay. And I, and I say that because of this. When this case first broke, when she was missing in the early days of her missing, we kept hearing reports of, well, this town is so close to Interstate 80. Somebody could have snatched her up and could have been thousands of miles away very shortly within, you know, a day or two of of this abduction. And what I think is important here is law enforcement, they knew that they needed tips. They needed information from the public to help steer the investigation and point them in the right direction of what likely happened to this young woman. And what they did was by stating that it's somebody that knew her or somebody that knew the community, what they're saying is they are really kind of shrinking that suspect pool in the eyes of the public. Meaning then what you have to think about is, okay, she attended Iowa University. All right. Well, there's only so many people that attend or work there or are faculty of the university. Then we have a community that we've already said is only about 1,400 people or less. So what we've done there is we've already shrunk the suspect pool where before pool, where before we were saying, it's close to Interstate 80. It could have been anybody in the entire country. No, we're shrinking that down. And why is that important? Because on the 13th of this month, a spokesman for the Iowa Department of Public Safety gave a much-anticipated press conference regarding the status of the case. We didn't learn a whole lot new about the case as far as evidence or what actually happened to Molly, but what he did say that was of importance was this, that Molly possibly came into contact with someone who harmed her. He said that they do not feel as though the public at large is at risk. He said that while the suspect may not be a member of the Brooklyn community, it is likely someone familiar with that community and then laid out some things that the public should be on the lookout for with regards to the person with people in their lives that could have been involved in the abduction of Molly. And they stated, look for the following. A change in normal routine, which might include missing school, work, or routine engagements without plausible explanation. Mm -hmm. A vehicle unexpectedly taken to a repair shop or sold or disposed of. Unexpected or intense cleaning of a vehicle, possibly at an unusual time of day. Unexplained lack of contact or inability to get in touch with someone you know the evening of July 18th into the morning of July 19th altering of physical appearance. This would be simple things like the growth or removal of facial hair, you know, change your haircut, uh, color of hair. You could color your hair displays of anxiety, nervousness, stress, or irritability, 
unexplained injuries, changes in consumption of alcohol, drugs, or cigarettes, changes in sleep pattern, interest in the status of the investigation, including close attention to media coverage or an unwillingness to discuss the investigation. The other thing they did in that press conference, Captain, was that they announced a new website dedicated to Molly's case, findingmolly.iowa.gov. The website allowed people to submit tips anonymously. Now, I want to talk about this for a second here, because we do know we have, sounds like breaking news coming out today, that they could announce that they found her body and that they have an arrest made. But I want to remind everybody about that website because of this. Even if they announce to us later today that they've made an arrest, the case isn't over. The investigation is not over. If you know something or if you saw something, then you should still go to that website. You should still submit that tip. You You should still call law enforcement and tell them what you saw or what you know to help further this investigation. And if you live in Brooklyn, Iowa, and you've not been to that website yet, findingmolly.iowa.gov, go there because of this. The website also contains a map showing some very specific locations where investigators are hoping people might have witnessed something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've seen something that's of importance and we don't, we're not even aware of that. But if you were in either of the, any of these locations listed there in that time where she suspected of having been out on her jog, right. reach out to them and say, Hey, this is my name. I was at this location at this time and let them know if you saw anything at all. All of the locations, um, they're either in or somewhat near Brooklyn. Of course, authorities won't tell us why they are interested in these particular spots, but we can use our imagination, right? Notably, one of them is a self-serve car wash located in town. We talked about the possibility of someone needing to clean a vehicle. Uh, the, the spots that were located on this website or, or listed on this website, mm-hmm. it appears that they cover at least 12 miles in total. So meaning that they're not likely all spots that they believe that she ran past that night, but they are spots of interest to these investigators for some reason. Well, yeah. Cause the car wash always made me wonder if somebody like accidentally hit her while they're driving. Mm. somebody's coming home from a bar, somebody has a drinking problem, hits her while he's, you know, driving home, hits Molly, puts her in the car, has to go wash his vehicle. Um, and, and for whatever reason, instead of just coming forward and saying, this is what happened, that, um, that they try to cover it up. Yeah. The, and the Fitbit portion of this case is still very interesting and very important to me because it, it like we said, we believe it is missing. We believe mm-hmm. that we don't know where it is. Um, no one was saying during the course of this that I could find what, in, what model in fact this Fitbit was, but this is crucial as some Fitbits have GPS tracking on them and yeah. some allow for route sharing online as well. So do some, iPhone apps that runners would use. Well, here's what we're going to learn, and we're we're probably not going to learn this in today's press conference. But we're, what we're going to learn is they're going to do an autopsy, so we're going to know how she died. Um, we're going to know if there's any DNA evidence on her. We're going to know when she died. Was she abducted and taken somewhere and was alive for a while? 
or or did she die the day that she went missing? Uh, we're going to also, I think, later find out, uh, and maybe not even until there's a trial, but the information on that Fitbit, I guarantee you they have information. I mean, it might have her vital signs, so we might know down to the minute mm-hmm. if her, as long as her uh, Fitbit was still on and possibly connected to her phone, I think we're going to know that information. Uh, so I think there's going to be a ton of evidence that comes out in the next a couple of weeks down where we might not hear about it till the trial. We want to thank everybody that uh, was involved in the investigation, everybody that helped Molly's family along the way. Yeah. And, and thank our listeners in our garage army for reaching out to us and encouraging us to take on the task of covering this case. It's just been a, it's been a very sad day. Uh, it, it feels like it's been a lot longer than I know that it has here in the garage today a very, very sad day. And we will hopefully learn more in this press conference. And again, our hearts and our thoughts go out to Molly's family and friends. And until next time, everybody be good, be kind and don't litter. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.